the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, I, I hear people ask all the time, why did God choose uh, to save us this way? Why couldn't he just save everybody? Why couldn't he just save the good people and send them to heaven and the bad people send them to hell? And all that wouldn't that be even simpler? I always get people asking for reasons and questions and things like that. But here's what God wants you and I to understand this morning. How he did it and why he did it is his business. Okay? Why God sent a Jewish carpenter to be the son of man <laughs> to save and redeem the world is God's business. Okay? It's his choice. And why can God have a choice? Because he's God. Our part is to say, I receive it by faith. And then things will make sense because God gives us a new birth to that living way. People ask questions because they simply do not want to put their faith in the word of Christ. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.14. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because the things of God are discerned only through the spirit. So God gives us what we need to know. But to be able to access that, we need to access that by faith. We need to be willing to accept God's offer of eternal life, the offer of the cross. You know, I, I mentioned this to you before. You know, I grew up in church, and I've known everything, all the lingo and all of that stuff. But one thing I really couldn't figure out was why is it that Sunday in and Sunday out, you know... I. I had to go to the altar and confess my sin and accept Jesus every Sunday. This happened to me early on in my life, you know. I know the gospel message. I know that, that Jesus died on the cross and all of that, but I, I really couldn't put it together be because I wasn't exercising my faith in Jesus. I was listening to the preacher, and the preacher keeps saying, if you just accept Jesus as your Savior in your life, you know, you will be a Christian. And, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. I understand completely what the person is saying, okay? That if I just accept, if I just open my life to Jesus, then he will come and, and save me. And that's very true. But what I didn't understand was the fact that the Holy Spirit needs to be involved in the, in the transformation. I needed to trust in the gospel. I needed to trust in what was being said. I lived, you know, my, my first years of trying to be a Christian uh, foolishly because I've always uh, felt that, um, that uh, I need to invite Jesus in my life until I realized and the Spirit of God says, no, 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 Jesus is inviting you. Jesus is calling you. You know, you inviting Jesus put the control 
in your own life, you know, to you. The control is yours. But once you realize that it's Jesus who's doing the invitation and it's us who need to come to that invitation, that makes a world of difference. Because it, it's, it, the control now belongs to God. It doesn't belong to me. The same thing when we use the word, why don't you commit your life to Jesus? The Bible doesn't call us to commit to Jesus. The Bible calls us to surrender. There's a huge difference between commitment and surrender. Commitment means you are in control. I'll commit to praying for an hour. I'll commit to attending worship once a week. I'll commit to reading the Bible, you know, 15 minutes a day. Commitment says, and there's nothing wrong with making these commitments, commitment says, I run the show. I get to control the time and the manner by which I'm going to do it. But when you surrender, you're saying, God, you're in charge. I'll do what you say. And that's what faith is all about, surrendering to what God says. Whether we understand why he said it or not, that'll come later. But we need to come to faith in Jesus first, and then reason comes after. And, and a lot of people struggle with that because they want the answer before, you know. <laughs> Be before they receive what God is promising, they wanted the answer first. And you know, no one ever gets saved. If, if all of our, our questions have to be answered before we believe, I mean, it's foolishness. You know, it's like saying, you know, I'm not going to go to Walmart unless I'm guaranteed that the light in every intersection will be green so that I don't have to stop. I mean, that's how foolish that is. There's a second thing about the message of the cross that is so simple that expect it to be systematically denied, okay? Don't be surprised that the gospel of the cross will be systematically denied by the world. The Corinthian Christians are struggling with reconciling their faith with the culture around them. They want to be Christians, but they also want to belong to the world and its system. They were doing the same activities that their non-believing counterparts were doing. They're engaging in the same lifestyles as the world in direct opposition of the way they should live because they have already crossed over from death to life. And they struggle with it because, uh, you know, they want it to be accepted. They can't believe that the gospel, uh, if they follow and believe the word of Christ that they will be rejected by the world. They will be rejected. Uh, but, but, you know, you got to feel for these guys. And, you, you know, <laughs> it's still happening today. You got to feel for these guys. Imagine yourself, you are living in that time, and you were in Corinth, and you're predominantly under the influence of the, the Roman Empire, okay? Uh, put yourself in the shoes of, let's say, a Roman citizen at the time. If you are a, a Roman and somebody comes up to you and, and tells you, you know, you, do you want to be saved? Do you want to go to heaven? Do you, do you want to really know who God is? Imagine you're a Roman. All you need to do is to call on Jesus, to put your faith in Jesus, because Jesus died on the cross for you. And when he died on the cross, he rose again. And then he will give you that redemption. He will give you that eternal life. If you're a Roman soldier, what, are you, what, what would be your first reaction? Wait a minute. I know this Jesus who you were talking about. A few years ago, we crucified him on the cross. 
Do you expect me to believe in someone whom we crucified? No, thank you. We got better systems. We understand life better than just coming to someone who is dead. So you can understand their dilemma. They're trying to convince a world that, you know, with the event of the cross. And just imagine how tough that will be. Okay? Imagine the rejection that you will face. And we still face that today. You tell people about Jesus. You tell people about Jesus dying on the cross. You're going to be met with all kinds of skepticism and doubts. And so, what do so many of us do? We try to come up with creative ways where we can persuade these people. We come up, we come up with, 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 um, with, with great words. We, we try to come up with great system, great techniques in order for us to defend what we believe and therefore maybe we can convince them. Forget about that. The message of the cross is powerful in itself. All we need to do is to witness for it. All we need to do is to say to them, this is what happened to me when I received eternal salvation. I became a different person. I'm born again. And, and they, can, they can laugh at you. They can reject you whatever you're saying, but they will never be able to reject that message because it is the power of God. Look at what the Bible says in, 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 in our text in verses 20 to 24. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Paul was very clear. Why do you bother with giving reasons to people who will not accept it anyway? Why do you give heed to, to the sophisticated arguments that people have? God already says, I'm going to make the most smart, the most intelligent arguments of the wise and make it foolish. But to you and I who know Jesus, our power is in him crucified on the cross. That's what transforms the fact that God condescended and took on human form in the person, his one, of his, uh, in the person of his one and only son to die on the cross. It may defy people's expectations and people's logical inclinations, but the Bible says it is the power of God and it will transform the lives of people. God made the gospel message so simple to mess up and shame those who think they know better, a better way to solve the issues of the world. I'm not surprised that people today in general uh, systematically reject and deny the message of the, the, the cross. You know, it, it shouldn't surprise us. But what really kills me are Christians who insist that there is a better way to present it. There is a smarter way to present it. That there is a more, a more sophisticated way to present the gospel than what it really is. Listen. Jesus is the only hope for the salvation of humanity. And why? Because he died on the cross for you and me. That's how simple it's going to get. His dying on the cross means life for the rest of us. Means eternal life for the rest of us. That's the only way in which we can receive salvation. Jesus says, I'm the only way, the truth and the life. No one can access this. 
No one can access God except through me. And that includes our good deeds. It includes our worship. Jesus is saying, your good deeds will not count unless it goes through me. Your worship will not count unless it goes through me. Your, 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 the wonderful knowledge that you have will not mean anything if it doesn't go through me. It's as simple as that. We don't need to be worried about, you know, what if this smart guy tells me, forget about the smart guy. The Bible says God will shame the intelligence of the intelligence in order to prove that he is almighty God, that his message is true, okay? What, 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 what really kills me is, is that people still want to find a way rather than responding by faith. Find a way to a better solution. We see this all over the place right now. People are kneeling down in protest against social justice. Have you seen that? You see that in sports activities. We see that on the street. You know, people are kneeling down in protest. They're angry about racism. They're angry about what the inequity that's going on around them. There's nothing wrong with protesting. You know, we see these things happening all over us. There's nothing wrong with pointing out injustice and, and if you have to kneel uh, uh, to be able to show your protest. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing inherently wrong with doing that. But what does it tell us? It tells us only one thing, that in every person's heart, there is a still small voice, the small voice. And God is saying in that still small voice, I know why you're protesting. Because deep inside every human being is that voice that says, I want to see things straightened out. I want to see things happen properly. I want to see things happen the way they should be. You know, every single one of us has that inside. There's a cry in the inside of every person. And the only way we can know the answer is to look to the cross. That's God's microphone. He's saying that small voice that you hear in your head that says, why is the world like this? Why is there so much injustice? Why is there so much this and that? That's the voice of God saying, you need an answer to that? Look to the cross. You can kneel down in protest of these things till you're blue in the face. But unless God transforms the heart, nothing will change. We'll be kneeling down against these things a hundred years from now until we are transformed from within. So listen to the voice of faith. Okay? Every single person has that capacity. Every single person has been given that still small voice. Don't ignore it. Don't be like the people that Paul talked about in Romans 1, 18 to 20. This, listen to this very carefully. You know this, but listen to this anyway. It says this. Paul says this. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. What can be known about God is pretty evident, okay? God never hid the fact that He is around, but people themselves hide it. People themselves ignore it. People themselves reject it. But God is saying the wrath of God will be poured one day. Okay? Will be poured one day. So, if, so as Christians, you know, do you ever wonder why, you know, we, 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 we feel compelled to answer people's questions about you? If God is 
truly loving, if God is truly powerful, why does he allow evil to prosper in the world? I mean, have you heard that question all the time? Listen, the gospel of the cross will defeat evil, but it will not destroy it yet, okay? It's good to understand that. The gospel is not intended to destroy evil yet. It can defeat evil in your life, in my life, right? But since Jesus died on the cross, I can tell you evil's still around even after he died on the cross. Amen? Now, one day, Jesus will destroy all evil. That day hasn't come yet. In the meantime, the gospel says, in your life and in mine, we can defeat evil. And that's good enough for me. Okay? I'm not naive. There will still be evil in this world, but in Christ, I can defeat evil. And if, if that's good enough, okay, then don't worry about people saying, oh, if God is, Jesus died on the cross and all of that stuff, if that's really true, why is there so much evil in the world? It's because he hasn't come back yet. He hasn't exercised full judgment yet. But one day the wrath of God will be poured and all evil will be destroyed. But until then, know that we have victory in Jesus. We can defeat it in our lives. Amen? Okay? Jesus says, the Bible says in Isaiah 29, 14, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligent of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Man's attempt at denying the message of the cross is futile because God has the key to eternity. Okay? People who think they are wise than those who believe are in great disadvantage. Don't, don't worry about people who, who say they don't believe in God. It takes more faith not to believe in God than to believe in God. Believe me, if you're listening and you're saying well i just don't believe in god i just don't believe that he created all of these things and and all of that stuff i just don't believe that that god truly exists that takes a lot more faith because you, you're going to have to explain why you exist in the first place you know i talk to a lot of people they say yeah when i die i just vanish i just don't exist anymore i mean you have people thinking about that they don't know the message of the cross jesus died and rose again that means there's life after death but people refuse to believe in the message of the cross they keep saying hey you know when i die that's the end of it no it isn't the end of it all of us were created to live forever it's not a matter of eternity living in eternity it's a matter of where and jesus says you want to live in eternity with god go to the cross it takes more faith to explain why you existed in the first place if you think about it you know rather than say god has a purpose for my life he wants to save me so i can spend eternity with him you know uh, remind me one time you know <laughs> i was lining up uh, to, to to get a driver's license or something like that and the guy asked me i i, I really need, you don't you don't you don't look like you're uh, you know, you're, you're legit, you know, for some reason. It didn't feel like I looked like a legitimate person to be applying for a driver's license. So you know what, you know what he asked me? He asked me for my birth certificate. And I said, why you ask me for my birth certificate? So the, to prove that you were born. The fact is every person is destined to live forever. It's just a matter of where you will spend eternity. Either we will spend it in eternity with God or an eternal separate, eternally separated from him. Finally, the message of the cross is a supernatural demonstration of God's wisdom 
and power. Look at the last few verses, verses 24 and following. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. This does not mean that God is weak or foolish. It simply means that God is not competing with the wisdom and understanding and intelligence of the world. Okay? He wants us to look at the cross. You want an explanation of how wise God is? Look at the cross. You want an explanation of how powerful God is? Look at the cross. You want an explanation of how uh, providential and sustaining God is? Look at the cross. The message of a cross is a supernatural demonstration of God's power. It's able to transform people's lives. And I close with this story that I've read uh, many years ago about Chuck Colson. He was the, the late Chuck Colson. He was the founder of Prison Fellowship. And he told a, a story of his experience visiting uh, uh, the, the, the notorious Humaita prison in San Jose Campo, Campos in Brazil. Uh, once he got to the prison, he was observing, uh, you know, the, the place, the whole facility, uh, and he couldn't believe what he was seeing. The inmates were all happy. The inmates were, were behaved. The facility was so clean. Everything was in order. Everything was just fine. It didn't even look like a prison. And, and, and Colson knew the history of that prison. It was once known as the most violent, the most dangerous prison in the world. And once he finally got to visit it, he, you know, the reputation didn't seem to match what he was seeing. And it turns out, he found out that that prison, several years ago, was turned over to two Christian laymen who ran the prison. And, and as he talked to, the, to those two people, to those two Christians who were running the prison, he says, what happened here? Well, the, 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 the two uh, wardens that, that were taking care of the, the prison says, well, it is the power of the gospel. You, you, you're a Christian. You know that this is so powerful. But he said, but I can't believe that it can be turned over uh, this, this, this powerfully, this quick. And, 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 and uh, one of the wardens said to him, well, you know, we're proud of that. We're proud because in the history of this prison, uh, there had been so much bloodshed and violence and all of that. And to transform this prison to the way it is right now is a divine act. In fact, he said, to prove to you, this prison has only one person in death row. And so Chuck Colson, you know, was, was surprised. He said, oh, I want to meet this person. I want to and, and I, I want to know what makes him different. Why is he still on death row? Why was not, he was not able to be transformed as the rest of these people? And he said, are you sure you want to meet him? Yes, I can take you to him. He's all the way out there in isolation. He's in prison by himself over there. So I said, yeah, of course I want to meet him. And so they took him to this narrow hallway. And at the end of it was an isolation cell. And... Once again, the warden looked at Colson and said, are you sure you want to see what's inside? And, he, and Colson says, yes, absolutely. I want to be able to interview this death row inmate. And so they opened the door, and once he got in, it was a chapel. And there was a big, huge crucifix with Jesus hanging on the cross. And the warden says, he is our death row inmate. 
he did time for everybody. The only reason why this prison is the way it is was because that man died on the cross. And that's the message of the gospel. That's the power of the gospel. It's the only thing that can transform a person's life. God demonstrates his glory in ways that are unfathomable. Only the simple message of the cross can make that kind of impact and is still transforming people's lives today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.